Hi, I'm Jason Nichols, and I'm on the left. And I'm Vince Colonnese, and I'm on the right. And, and if, if we, we can't, can't find, find common, common ground, ground in this world, world today, today, then we're all just travelers. Passing each other in an international airport. And this great American experiment will be relegated to the trash bin of history. So let's come together to debate without yelling. And, and let's, let's save, save this, this nation. nation. COVID craziness, Hunter Biden and the man of steel. It's all ahead on Vincent Jason. Save the nation. Am I going to have to f-ing throw down with this with this bitch? And Jay Ansley can kiss my ass. My limited edition Hunter Biden action figure, complete with laptop. We commit to dismantling policies and processes that benefit whiteness and other systems of privilege. Superman John Kent is coming out as bisexual. Vincent Jason Save the Nation is brought to you by Gold Co. Hey guys, welcome back to Vincent Jason Save the Nation. We got a great show for you. As Vince already said, we're going to talk about Kal-El and all the changes that he's going through. Uh, Vince, what do we got for today? Uh, I've got, uh, first of all, just so much more COVID craziness that's out there. With each passing day, we get another one of these clips. This one involves a high school teacher who went on apparently a very explicit rant about someone who was opposed to wearing masks. Take a look. Just got back from my daughter's choir concert and I'm a little infuriated, a little fired up about something that happened tonight. First of all, I was really excited to have a choir concert in person after the last year and a half that we've had. Plus my daughters are a senior and a freshman. This is the first time they were literally gonna be sharing the stage singing together in several years. So I was very, very excited about this night. The choir director asked me if I would handle ticket sales at the door. I, of course, obliged and said, yes, absolutely. So no problem. I'm working the table and I noticed this alum who graduated a couple years ago, walked in with his grandparents and his mother. And I remember him being kind of a conservative asshole back then. So grandma and grandpa show up, they're not wearing masks. And I'm like, "Mm, we have a mandate here in the state of Illinois, indoor mask mandate. And I'm like, Am I going to have to f-ing throw down with this with this bitch? Because I deal with this all day long at school. I'll f-ing throw down. They bitch and moan about having to wear their masks and l- we're living in fear and all this crap, whatever. And I stare at her and I go, are you kidding me right now? Like, we're at a high school choir concert. Is this really where you want to start sh- and be a f-ing asshole? Okay, I really didn't say the last part to her, but. So after I'm done selling tickets, I walk in, sit with my family, and this f-ing family is sitting behind me. I'm like, mother f-er. And I see that good old grandma is wearing the mask, literally hanging off her ear, not even under her chin, hanging off her ear. So I get right back up. I go find one of the school personnel that's, that's on duty there. I tell them, and of course they go and make an announcement that everyone has to put their masks on and wear them over their nose and mouth properly if we want to continue having in-person music concerts. So old bitty grandma huffs and puffs and she's all pissed off. Fine, whatever. Now I've got my elderly parents with me as well as my elderly aunt and uncle sitting in front of them, not wearing her mask properly. F*** around and find out. I will throw down with you. So the concert's going on. It's beautiful. Whatever. Grandma has the f***ing mask under her chin like a, the head that she is, right? And one of the songs that my daughter is singing in her concert choir, they say they sing a line about fighting misogyny and racism. All of a sudden, I hear this grandma lean over to the her daughter, so the mother of one of the kids, and was like, did they just say that? Like she was actually upset about the lyrics. To close the show, our wonderful choir director 
sings, has all the choirs come back on stage so they can sing Lift Every Voice and announces that it's the Black National Anthem. What do you think asshole grandma did? She was so appalled, she actually got up and walked out while they were singing. You're not even trying to hide what a racist piece of shit you are, are you? How dare you act like this? Fuck you. <laughs> All right, there you go. That lady's an usher in the Church of Woke. She's like, uh, she's I'll, keeping hey, control in there. I'd love to hang out with that woman. You know what I mean? The way she tells really? the story was awesome. You know what I mean? Oh, she and, sounds yeah, awful. Grandma, you would, you you would know, like walk to hang out. out with that lady? Yeah, no, she was hilarious. I thought that was funny. Oh, she um, will judge you. I guarantee you. She'll find something to judge about you. Ah, people judge people all the time. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, uh, you know, woke and anti-woke grandma, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't understand how she's the bad person, you know, and you're okay with anti-woke grandma. Like, oh, my God, a lyric. A lyric in the song offended me. Oh my God, they're singing Lift Every Voice. Like, that's such a negative song. And it may as well play 50 Cent. Like, <laughs> get out of here, man. Like, leave. I would have been like, leave. Oh, come on. Leave. Now. Get out. If I, you don't like the song, leave. I mean, first of all, poor grandma doesn't get to like represent herself in this video. But like, the basics, if you listen to yeah, it, it's, it's like, it's I, her video. I could see where, yeah, I know. But I mean, like, in terms of like this hypothetical grandma we're talking about, uh, you know. I, I can see like, you know, as I sort through all of the aggression that this woman has for the elderly, uh, I I do think like, OK, maybe like the grandma has a point, like maybe when somebody is like, hey, and by the way, now the black national anthem, she's like, yeah, I'm kind of just for one national anthem. Like lift, I've said this before to you, well, like, lift every lift every <laughs> voice and sing is awesome. But like if you're going to be like and now at our high school, we have separate national anthems for all the separate nations within our nation. It's like what? It's kind of crazy. It is crazy, yeah. legitimately. Yeah, um, peace out. <laughs> leave then. If you can't just, appreciate, lift every well, she voice. Did. She leave. did. And I'm she glad. Left. I'm glad. I'm glad a bunch of parents were happy that, you know, we had people who don't oppose, you know, people saying, hey, we don't like racism. And she's like, oh, you're not allowed to say you don't like racism in a song <laughs> yeah, at a sure choir concert. It. I'm sure you that's know, it. Get out of here, grandma. Peace. I'm sure I'm sure it's not the, you know, being waterboarded with the gratuitous wokeism everywhere. I mean, like, you know, can you imagine you go to a concert and the entire theme is misogyny and racism? It's like, what? Like, what kind was of that the entire th theme or did she say that was one lyric and one song? One of the, she said one of the songs was like completely dedicated to misogyny and racism. And yeah, I'm thinking like, one, this, one is, of this songs, is a high school concert. Yeah. Is that a problem? Like, I, I don't understand how like that that to me is the same logic as let's ban hidden color uh hidden figures and let's ban uh you know a, a book about rosa parks that's the same line. like it's one song it's fine it's just it. it's was fine just so incensed it's just all this like virtue signaling and i'm not going to offend you i really love you it's just like at some point it's like okay enough like just prove it through your actions yeah. well I, again i think everybody won she was offended. She was so offended she had to leave. Then, you know, I think everybody, you know. But don't you get the impression that the teacher in this, the, the mother here, was like uh, not all that interested in what was happening on stage at all? Like she was completely consumed by the fact that a grandma was not wearing a mask? Yeah, I think she was probably annoyed by that because she had her elderly family there. And we've seen uh, how, you know, that can affect people. But, you know, again, this grandma seemed like she was kind of a jerk. So, you know, if she didn't want to be there at the concert, she left. And I think that's a good thing for everybody. 
All that's right. good for her. It's good for every. It's good for the other side. All right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad she got hers. That that jerk. Uh, the Washington State. <laughs> let's move over to Washington State now. Um, as uh, we see, these vaccine mandates are leading to um, some meaningful number of people quitting their jobs as a result of the mandates, saying, "Hey, sorry, my body, my choice. I, I got to go." And um, here's what's happening in Washington State as uh, one state trooper there decides to sign off of his gig for the last time because of the mandate. Take a look. This is my final sign off. Um, after 22 years of serving the citizens of the state of Washington, um, being asked to leave because I am dirty. Um, numerous fatalities, um, injuries, I've worked sick, I've played sick. Um, we've buried lots of friends over these years. I'd like to thank you guys. I'd like to thank the um, citizens of Yakima County, as well as my fellow officers within the Valley. Without you guys, I wouldn't have been very successful and you've kept me safe and got me home to my family every night. Um, thank you for that. Um, wish I could say more, but um, this is it. So state 1034, this is the last time you'll hear me in a state patrol car and Jay Ansley can kiss my ass. feeling with these that we've gone too far with the mandate um no i mean i i don't necessarily get that feeling i mean i think you know as we said on this show several times i pointed out um mandates you know vaccine mandates are not new uh, most of us have been vaccinated for for various things in our lives if you went to public school if you went to private school um, so the idea that somehow this vaccine mandate is somehow different than past vaccine mandates. Um, and there are people who, you know, who don't want to get vaccinated. And I think that's your choice. And, and this gentleman, uh, made a choice where he said he didn't want to be vaccinated and I respect it. He's, he's willing to put away his career, um, because he's he's standing up for what it is that he believes and he's willing to, to take the consequences but i think these, whenever you stand up for what you believe in and you take and you're willing to take the consequences you have yeah. my respect um but you know also you understand that those are consequences so you know i i think he he did what he thought was right what was in the in his best interest and uh you know best of luck to him yeah, but it's just, I mean, it didn't have to be that way. That's the key. It's like, you know, somebody made a decision, leadership made a decision. Uh, and he obviously said, you know, Jay Inslee can kiss his ass. That's who he's talking about, the governor of Washington state, mm -hmm. that this mandate um, has been an imposition on his life. And as a result, now he's losing his livelihood. Well, he's like, not, you know, he, again, nobody made him quit. He quit. And that's okay. That's his, didn't. He knew the consequences of his actions to say, I'm not gonna get vaccinated. You know, I'm not gonna do this as a public servant. He's gonna go, and again, police are first responders. He may have to give somebody mouth to mouth resuscitation and, you know, maybe 
put that person in, in danger. And Jay Inslee says, you know, if you're going to have to give somebody mouth to mouth or CPR and be that close to them, you should be vaccinated. I, I um, mean, if you you're know, in a situation to be mouth to mouth, I'd run the risk of getting COVID. You know what I mean? But, but like I said, I, I respect, <clears throat> well, you know, when it's a slip and fall and it's a grandma who's maybe a cancer survivor or something could put her in the grave, you know, but either way, I respect his decision, you know, and that's the thing, you know, I respect his decision to say, I would rather suffer the consequences than to get this vaccine. And but I the think weight that- of this falls heaviest on like working class people like that dude, Jason, it's like guys who have no options are very few, much fewer than the people who are in power yeah. for sure. And then, so then they get given an ultimatum that, that, you know, maybe, maybe he thinks this violates his conscience. Maybe he's already gotten COVID and decided that I've got the immunity. This is anti-science. We're not doing this. I don't, this is a medicine I don't need. And, you know, whatever his justification might be, he's been backed against a wall and said, you got, you have to do this or else you lose your livelihood. And like, meanwhile, like, you know, Congress has no vaccine mandate. Like there's no vaccine mandate right now for the, for the United States Congress. Yeah. Like what's wrong? Like, I think, it's I think that's that, totally wrong. Our I'm, leaders I'm, are not subjected to any of the to the I'm, same standards. I'm with you on that. I, I think, you know, um, Congress, if, if we're going to uh, demand that uh, the people, the American people have a vaccine mandate, Congress should certainly, excuse me, have a vaccine mandate. There's no question mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think if you're going to protest anything, you know, this is something that I've learned from the civil rights tradition. If you're going to protest anything, you have to understand the consequences um, and, and be willing to accept them. You but know, in the civil was, rights tradition, the hope was that you would break an unjust system by sure. falling falling prey to the consequences of those actions. Sure. I don't think this is unjust, but he certainly does. And I think he's willing to accept the consequences of his actions. And so he's, he's going to quit his job. And right. again, nobody fired him. He quit. Well, I'll tell you what, that guy does seem like a patriot. I got to be honest, in terms of just loving his community. And that's what this and this brings up a good another good topic for us, which is the patriots who support this show. Uh, and I, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Grunt Style. Um, have you seen that we Jason and I will wear this Grunt Style apparel on the program as, as much as we can. Uh, we've got some more on the way. Can't wait to wear it. Um, and the guys are over at Grunt Style. They're, they're American veterans. They, they've hired hundreds of American veterans, just people who've served this country. And, uh, and further, they've hired hundreds of other American citizens, and they give a lot of money to actually charities to support veterans right here in the United States uh, who need that support. They're a great company all around. Their shirts are awesome. They got hilarious stuff, too. You don't have to be a veteran to wear their apparel. I love wearing it. I'm not a veteran. It's awesome stuff, and it's all available on gruntstyle.com. And guess what? You got an inside deal because you're with Vincent Jason. That means you get 10% off of your order if you just enter the promo code STN, which stands for Save the Nation, STN. At checkout, 10% of your order at gruntstyle.com, Jason. Absolutely. We support gruntstyle. They they make great clothes and, and they're things that we actually wear. So yeah. definitely go out and uh go to gruntstyle.com, get that discount and uh enjoy your shirts. You know, they got great stuff for dads, you know, not just stuff for you know, not just political shirts, but also just fun stuff for for anybody and that anybody can wear. So definitely. Uh, you know, we're coming up on hoodie season. Get yourself a hoodie from Grunt Style. All right, let's check in on on the next video here. We've got, uh, you know, Hunter Biden is still, remains a fascination uh, for me, for sure. Uh, And uh, I got it. I got, I'm wondering whether or not, what's that? 
I said fascination or obsession? A little bit of both, to be honest with you. I feel like the future of the country is a little wrapped up in this question. But as a result, given that it is an obsession, I've got the perfect Christmas gift for you to buy me this year, Jason. Take a look at this. <laughs> My limited edition Hunter Biden action figure, complete with laptop. I brought it in. Ukrainian natural gas for dummies. Sneakers, the scarf, cigarettes. Look at this little crack pipe. I'm spilling out. I can't. Look at this little crack pipe. Crack pipe for him. And then we got some stacks. Thank you so much to Andy for making this. Look at the tattoos. Oh, that's. Yeah, that uh, that was nasty. I don't, I don't yeah, want. I thought those. it don't. was funny at first, and then they started making fun of his drug addiction, and then they had the poop stain, and I was like, the poop stain is actually where I they lost me. The crack pipe makes sense because that would be a Hunter Biden accessory if you were gonna make it. Yeah, I mean, we could do the my pillow guy and have his crack pipe also, yeah. which he yes. may still be smoking. I'm not. He positive. he did that. He wrote a book about it and yeah, uh, talked about his recovery from crack. Yeah, I'm not sure he recovered, but either way, point being, I I don't know. I have no idea. But um, either way, you know, I, I guess, you know, I've been watching this new show. I don't know if you've seen it called Dope Sick. No. It's about like Big Pharma and Richard Sackler and yes. Purdue Pharma. Yes. And, you know, when I see drug addiction, like, I just don't think it's something to make fun of. Even, even if even if I hate the person, like, yeah, I said that about, you know, the my pillow guy, but yeah, his his crack addiction is is nothing to make fun of. Like it's it's actually mm-hmm. a sad part. His craziness, which I think has little honestly little to do with his drug addiction, you know, that I'll make fun of, but not not as not as drug addiction. After why, you know, of course I knew that before. Of course I have family members yeah. um who have dealt with drug addiction from many different uh, substances. Yes. This is not something to joke about, in my opinion. That that's people who are suffering. So, not funny, in my opinion. The <laughs> the poop stain, you know. I think maybe that person was talking about their own draws. Um, I I just Got wasn't it. with it. The the laptop was funny. <laughs> you know, the yeah. laptop, the Ukrainian gas. That's funny. The little underwear minus the poop stain. The like, stack of cash. <clears throat> you know, all of that was funny to me. You know, I you know. Well, I think I can laugh at that. Um, here's the thing. Here, here's the, uh, I've, I've mentioned this before, but uh, just to break it down here, I think the, the case on Hunter Biden is always, it's really a Joe Biden story. It's not really about Hunter Biden ultimately, but it's a, the way that Hunter has used his father uh, and his father's name and access to his father and the promise that his father is going to deliver something all as means to enrich himself. And uh, apparently Joe Biden as well, as we've seen reports from that laptop that the guys were sharing bank accounts. It's a big deal. If Hunter Biden's generating income off the selling access to his father and Joe Biden's, you know, using that money to improve his vacation homes and things, then yeah, that's a, that's a gigantic deal. And it's, it's a big problem for the American people. That's really the story though. The story is the extent to which the Biden family is corrupt. It's a perfectly good story. Here's the thing, the Hunter Biden story, the, the stuff about his life being depraved and him being a sad sack and like, you know, all the stuff with the drugs, it's not that interesting to me. It's like, it's very much like a tabloid kind of thing. It like, it, it draws people in. They're like, oh, look at this lurid information. And the only thing that it really emphasizes is how 
um, unqualified he was for all of these like ridiculously unique business opportunities where he's getting cut $50,000 a month checks. Then you look and you're like, wait a second, his life is like it, like totally in the crapper. Hey, like, hey, like, like oh, the, the only reason you hire Hunter, it's like proof positive that the only reason you pay Hunter $50,000 a month is because you're trying to buy access to his father. You know, it's like with Chelsea Clinton, you could like make this like plausible case. You're like, oh, maybe she's actually like super brilliant. And like she's being hired as this incredible consultant because she's kind of got these thoughts. Like you could convince yourself kind of maybe, but even that you were like, it's a it's a corrupt inside deal. And it's just in Hunter Biden's case, it's like a hyperbole. It's like it's like proof positive that it's just a completely rigged arrangement. Yeah, I don't know that there's any any solid evidence of, of any of that. But I, I will say this. Um, did you watch the interview with Christopher Steele? With George Stephanopoulos? Yeah. No, I haven't actually. I've seen some clips from it, but no. Did you watch the yeah. whole interview? How did it go? So I, I watched George Stephanopoulos talking about it and, and you know, certain clips. Yeah. But he says the, the P tape, you know, is, is yes. probably real. That, <laughs> I know. That, I love that. I saw that. I was like, what? (laughs) Like, that was the one part that I was like, there's no way that's real. But Christopher Steele's like, no, yes, that's it's real. Uh (laughs) It's probably real. So um, I don't don't know that I believe, you know, a lot of the stuff that's out (laughs) there. His earning potential is kind of tied up in the fact that he can provide credible information. So, of course, he's going to defend the craziest shit that was inside the dossier. Yeah. I I mean, um, again, you know, it's about what you can prove and what you can't. Christopher Steele can't prove a lot of uh, a lot of the things that he's claiming. He's like, yes, it probably this. Um, the right wing media hasn't been able to prove a lot of the connection between Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. It's all circumstantial. And so, you know, I, I don't necessarily buy it. But, you know, best of luck to, you know, to everybody who's trying to somehow prove something that, you know, some of the best journalists in the world and other investigators have tried to prove they uh, haven't seen the connection. You mean with Hunter? Yeah. You're giving, you're giving, I think journalism broadly, like way too much credit here. <laughs> like there was, there's been a lot of head in the sand on Hunter Biden and the Biden family broadly. Although I did see Matt Taibbi's apparently coming out of a, on a book with a book on all of this. And he's, he's a real reporter and uh, hopefully it's interesting. Hopefully it, it uh, nets some interesting stuff. Maybe yeah, we can have, we'll him, on have him on the show. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, all right. Let me jump into uh, another thing here. Um, we've got a school staff in Minnesota. They begin their meetings with a commitment to dismantling whiteness. You see the, uh, it used to be reading, writing, and arithmetic. Now it's dismantling whiteness. Take a look. So we're going to start, like we start all of our high school meetings with, with which is with our, um, Richfield high school vision of equity. For those of you that don't know, um, last year, a hundred percent of our staff had input and saying where do we want to be eventually as a school community and how we have all of our program work through a base of um, equitable access for all learners. And so um, all of our staff created a personal vision of equity and then we worked together until we came to um, a single vision of equity in all programs, all decisions, all policies that we decide upon at a local level are measured against our vision of equity to make sure we're working toward the same direction for our students. So I will um, read it. At Richfield High School, we believe in providing a rigorous and equitable education, reflecting the strengths and experiences of our community. We believe students learn best when they feel safe and affirmed in who they are. Therefore, we commit to dismantling policies and processes that benefit whiteness and other systems of privilege. 
we understand and know that as a school community, we're not there, but we also know that we have a measure and a vision and looking toward a direction that we want to get to. So I hear something like that, and I just think that that's just flatly racist. I mean, that's, that is my impression coming out of it. Because when you like, you're like, we want to dismantle a particular skin color. That's not exact. That's not at all what she said. Did she say that they were, did she say they want to dismantle whiteness? That's not what she said. Play the clip again. We I can, I can, let me read it to you. I can, I can, I can see it here. I'll I'll just read it. At RHS, I can read it. At RHS, we believe in providing a rigorous and equitable education, reflecting the strengths and experiences of our community. We believe students learn best when they feel safe and affirmed in who they are. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we commit to dismantling policies and processes that benefit whites and other systems of privilege. Yeah, that's not talking about dismantling a skin color. Where, where do you get that? It says wanted- systems of privilege. It's talking about dismantling systems of privilege based upon, you know, immutable characteristics. And I, and I don't understand why you would you would be against that the idea the the thing we not the theory is the theory is that by virtue of their skin color that they have an advantage and that is not true that's i think that's really at the point and not and not just that it's like they're being singled out because of their skin so do you really believe that uh kids of all races and classes are getting equal education in this country no I don't. So, so there are systems of privilege based upon class, based upon skin color. Yes, class is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, with that, they're saying we want to dismantle those. We want to make sure that we have equitable, just education for all of our student bodies. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm not, so, I'm not contesting the class fight. I think the class fight's a meaningful one. I think that um, our leaders have, I, we, you know, a theme of this show is the extent to which our leaders race, get to live get to live lives the rest of us don't. But race in particular, she's saying that they need to dismantle systems of whiteness. That's just, it's just, I, I just think it's flatly racist. Yeah, and, and again, this is, this is where I think, again, people, this is where I think everybody should take some sort of cultural studies because you will realize that whiteness and white people are two different things. This is where people say, oh my God, I'm attacked. You know, and that, yet they talk about people are snowflakes and fragile on the left. But, oh, my God, I heard the word whiteness. I'm white. That's not what it's about. It's not about you as an individual. I'm pretty sure the person reading that was white, right? What do you think the majority of people think when they hear something like that? Yeah, I'm sure they, they feel that way, but that's not what it actually is saying. What it's saying is that, you know, I, I think throughout our history and presently, there are certain advantages that people have based upon immutable characteristics, including class race and other things and we and these are not ideas that i'm just throwing out there that don't have studies and statistics and other things to back it so and i think class and race intersect you know it's not like those things are completely separate in many cases so again what's being said here is that we want to make it more equitable so that everybody in our school community which is all we can affect can't affect the nation Uh can't affect the school next to us but in our school community we want to make it so that everybody has an equal opportunity yes to get a good education i agree with that i'm I'm for that 100 problem with that i don't have a problem with that at all i'm for that 100 an equal opportunity to have a, a great education is um i think is a great is a great goal and it should be the focus also i think it's you know but this but the problem is that 
they want to like using phrases like we want to dismantle systems of whiteness. It means something to people when they hear that. And they're not going to, you know, lean into some sort of nuance in terms of like trying to sort through it. I mean, it, it comes out explicitly as a racist statement. And I think people have kind of like kind of put up with it for a while, but it's like, you shouldn't do that. Like you shouldn't treat people poorly on the basis of their skin color, obviously. But that's like, not what it says. There's nothing about we're going to treat white people poorly because in order to make it so that black people and brown people and poor people of all races get a good education, we need to treat all the wealthy white people poorly. That's that's not at all what that says. Like there was nothing in that. You can read the statement again. There was nothing in that that said that. It said we want to make an equitable situation for okay all let me students. let me ask this then let me ask this then why include the word whiteness at all because that's the way that's what privilege has been based upon going back centuries in our country i mean can we can we deny that you know i can tell you my grandmother who i just saw this weekend yeah went to a segregated school yeah you think her school got the same advantages and had the same books and the same quality education that uh, that the other schools had no, that's right. That's you right. You know what I mean? So it's no, been that's, based that's totally upon right. that for generations and generations. My grandmother's still alive. My dad remembers segregation. He didn't go to segregated school. My dad went to school in Europe. But, you know, my dad remembers segregated Virginia. You know, so yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. these are people who are still alive. And that woman, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, she looked like she was a little up there in age. <laughs> you know, So she probably has some memories of segregation, you know. So this idea that we are just going to ignore our past, that's how you get- you. No, no. Well, first of all, I don't think we should ignore the past at all. I'm, I'm with you 100% there. And, and I, as if I, the past is, is complete, doesn't affect the present. That's, they're saying we want to dismantle- Well, it does actually. Advantage. That's kind of my argument. It's like our past is a sign that we should change our present, right? It's like- Right. Like, they, they, that's and, what and they're what, saying. And what I mean by that is like, like- like this idea that we um, we tell people that their lot in life is dictated by their race, that like we should be done with that. And I realize that you're, like, your counter to that would be like, well, they want to dismantle this system of whiteness. So therefore the whiteness itself doesn't get in the way. And it's not a system of like, I, whatever. I, I, won't, I don't want to put a ton of words into your mouth. But my only point is like, like I, I, you might not realize this. That is racially divisive. It's not racially inclusive. It's like, oh, you know what? The real but, problem is the whiteness. He, here's the thing about whiteness that is different than white people. Vince Colonnese, your grandparents, probably maybe great grandparents, came over from Italy. Yes, great grandparents, and, and they were not considered white, mm -hmm. right? but they got included into whiteness because whiteness is a concept. It's not your skin color. White people, you know, Italians were discriminated against. They were lynched. They were not considered white. It took them a while until they got included into whiteness. Same thing with the Irish. There's a great book called How the Irish yeah. Became White. Yeah. You know, so I mean, this is, what where, Columbus Day, about this is, is where Columbus Day actually came from, by the way. What, what they're saying is that the concept of whiteness is based upon the privileges you get with it. There was a time your great grandparents didn't get those privileges. They got called racial slurs. Mm -hmm. You know, they were racialized differently until they got included into whiteness. Well, this now, is why my grandparents why... weren't Sorry. included into whiteness. And guess what? Their grandson 
is still not included into whiteness. So that's that's what the concept is about when you say whiteness versus white people. Yeah, and so my my point is like what you should be pursuing as a positive vision for the country. And and what I mean by that is like everyone needs to be um, assimilated into American. That should be the goal. That's like like you know it's not about dismantling anybody's skin color. It's about ultimately that we should recognize each other as Americans. That's like, a, that's like, I kind of thought that was sort of, sort of the point for- Your great grandparents and your skin color didn't change. Whiteness is a different concept, but I will say one color that I think we can all agree upon is gold. <laughs> and this podcast, Vincent Jason brought, uh, Vincent Jason Save the Nation is that's brought to you called. by Gold Co. Yes. Okay, this next clip has got everybody talking. Uh, DC Comics, which is responsible for such figures as Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, uh, has decided to release a new version of Superman. And this one has different sexual preferences than the old version of Superman, the Clark Kent that we remember. Take a look. Superman John Kent is coming out as bisexual. DC Comics' current superhero is the son of Clark Kent. And in an upcoming issue, the character goes in a bold new direction. Writer Tom Taylor said in a statement, quote, Superman's symbol has always stood for hope, for truth, and for justice. Today, that symbol represents something more. Today, more people can see themselves in the most powerful superhero in comics. According to a blog by DC Publicity published on Monday, John Kent has fallen for a reporter just like his dad. After initially striking up a friendship with Jay Nakamura, the two reportedly become romantically involved in the pages of Superman, Son of Kal-El, number five, which hits shelves on November 9th. Preview images from the issue show the two locking lips. Tom said of the new path, quote, I've always said everyone needs heroes and everyone deserves to see themselves in their heroes. And I'm very grateful DC and Warner Bros share this idea. The move comes after DC announced in August 2021 that Tim Drake, Batman urban legend's current Robin, is also bisexual. Writer Megan Fitzmartin tweeted, quote, My goal in writing has been and will always be to show just how much God loves you. You are so incredibly loved and important and seen. Forever grateful to be trusted with Tim Drake and his story. Okay. So right. what do you think of this publicity stunt? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's honestly it's it's about I don't know if I want to call it a stunt, but I think it's about, you know, drumming up interest, uh, getting people talking. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think it should be there just like I think Chappelle special should be there. I think, right. you know, you have every right um, to write Superman, you know, the way you want. And as a matter of fact, this isn't even Kal-El. This isn't. Um, you know, uh, Clark, Clark Kent. Kent. Mm -hmm. This is a this is a different person. This is a different kid. He's probably got a different life. Um, and I always thought Superman, like I never really needed Superman to have a love affair with Lois Lane. You know <laughs> what I mean? I was like, yo, just save the world, bro. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, him having a love affair with some other reporter who's a dude that, you know, again, I think it's an unnecessary part of the story. Uh -huh. I always hated the, the like, him flying around the city i'm like yo this somebody's house is burning down right now while you're flying around the city with lois lane yes. um so i i, I personally <laughs> do your job yeah do your job you're not allowed a life superman <laughs> um but yeah so i mean you uh -huh. know to me and this is even this isn't even in a movie or anything it's in no. a comic okay um, so let me let me just say the 
comic books for years have been riding on these kinds of publicity stunts. Like, like, like I don't really know the adult comic book versions of Batman and everything that he's done. And like, wasn't Batman killed at one point in the comics? And like, there's like, like they go off on all these like tangents. It's like, I don't know if that's actually a part of the canon of like Superman. And like, they have a million different iterations of Superman and Batman. And they just like, it's constant chaos. So like, right. I kind of just wait for the movies to like convince me of like what, <laughs> of like what's actually happening in that guy's life. And of course they just like rewrite it all the time, you know, and, and make it into something else. It's like, there's no new ideas. So you basically have to take all of the old ideas and then put a new spin on them. And that's what this seems like. You're right. It's a different character than Clark Kent, but it's still basically Superman. It's a guy dressed in the same exact outfit with the same exact powers, but now he's bisexual. Like what a new spin. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, and, and I just want to say for our audience, if you're looking at Vince Colonnese right now, uh-huh. uh, you know, the glasses, the curly dark hair, I'm telling you, I think the guy might be, and he's a reporter, guys I think blown the guy my cover. might be Superman. The guy's blown you know? my cover yet again, you know, Jason, I, far too honest, you, you know. know this this is here's one other thing that is not bisexual missing. though I, to my knowledge <laughs> but if he were he would be honest about it but here's the thing yes absolutely here's the deal missing in all of the coverage of oh my god superman is bisexual now what about the fact that superman is like dating inner species like the guy's not even human like he's an right. alien from a different planet i don't understand like we're, we're measuring him based on some sort of like human understanding of all of this the guy, like, it was shocking when he went after Lois Lane. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah, that's, no, definitely. that's very unusual. It's not typical. There's something very, the animal kingdom usually, you know, keeps these things kind of separate. Not so with Superman and Lois Lane. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, Krypton is almost like a bizarro Earth, you know, in a way, just more <laughs> advanced. For some reason, um, they look exactly like humans. Yes, you're right. right. <laughs> they look exactly like humans. Their, their parts work exactly like humans. That's parts. right. Yes. Everything is exactly the same. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, that kind of a, an interspecies relationship is fine. And you're very you progressive. Know, yeah, I, I'm with it. I'm with it. You know, if my daughter wants to date a Kryptonian, I will accept it. Uh-huh. Uh, what if very- it's like the Mars Attacks guys? Like, what if the Mars Attacks guys arrived and they show up and they're like, hey, I'm dating your daughter. You you cool with that? Like the guy, the guys that go ah, ah, and they got the big brain inside the glass. You good with that? Uh, I think I, I, you know, my progressive values have to be okay. <laughs> you know? uh, it's not the animal kingdom. This is a this is a highly evolved species, like yes. like human yes. beings. Big brain, you know. So uh-huh. I think it's so I think it's okay. Uh, okay, I'll be okay with it. I respect that. I respect that, and I respect you, Jason Nichols. Thanks for doing this with me today. It's Absolutely, been a, another episode of. Vincent Jason saved the nation. Glad we could check in with you. And uh, we'll We're do it again save real soon. the galaxy one day. Yeah. Uh, oh, and by the way, make sure you don't mess our, our uh, big brain colleagues at the Daily Caller. Those include the great David Hookstead, who's got a fantastic sports show that he does all the time. Uh, best consumed on video. That guy uh, knows how to talk sports and get, get you going. And then, uh, of course, Joe Bob. Daily Caller Live with Joe Bob. That guy's putting together ridiculously good packages on everything yeah. that's going on in the world every week so you got to check him out yeah no definitely those guys are doing great work check out everything we have on the daily caller check us out every monday wednesday and friday we have great interviews coming up for uh your enjoyment 
um, some interesting stuff from a lot of different, you know, sides of the spectrum, many different political leanings. Um, definitely check out our last interview um, with uh, the Intercept reporter Ryan Grimm. Ryan mm -hmm. Grimm. Yeah, uh, really good interview. Really interesting stuff. And even if you're conservative, I, I think you'll find some things you agree with and some things you disagree with. And that's what this is all about, you know, us talking to each other. So definitely watch Vince and I talk to each other every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, anywhere you can find a podcast. Uh, shout out to our podcast listeners who, who don't necessarily want to look at our faces, uh, but definitely want to hear what we have to say. And I totally get it. Um, shout out to all of them. And also, you can check us out on YouTube or on Facebook Live. We'll be here with you. Peace.